This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hi, everybody. It's the last H&J Daily without H or J. Uh, it's R and B for the final time. Mm. Uh, Charlie, what are we putting in the show? We're putting in Max Chilton. He came in. He's a used to be a Formula One driver, now drives Indy cars in America. So we're going to talk to him. Who else are we talking to, Max? Um, Todd Macklin. Yeah. Todd Macklin, the American sports roundup. Seems to be a lot of eating stuff. Mm. It? And Martin Kellner with, with his gold, with his 10 minutes of solid gold. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, here it is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. Good afternoon, Max. We want those clips, don't we? Because people might have missed Paul and Andy for the last couple of weeks. It's possible. Put together. We don't want them to miss clips of the week as well. No, no. So that music is a wonderful moment, isn't it? That's where the weekend starts. The weekend starts right here. So yeah, if you've exactly. got a favourite clip of the week, we know the Bob Monkhouse one. Mm. We'll probably put that one in for you anyway. It's quite long, isn't it? I don't know. So if you've got any other favourites, do get in touch. I'm at 1089. What, what, 1089? What's the other uh, ways to get in touch, Max? Well, you should know. Should I don't know. Is that um, Twitter? Is it? Yes, at yes. At TalkSport? Well... At TSH&J. Okay, at, yeah. at Max Rushton is the easiest one. Oh, yeah, straight. try and drive yeah. people towards your yeah. social medias, yeah. <laughs> yeah at like, Charlie well, Baker I'm, Comedian I'm, on Instagram. I'm I mean, you can take a picture here, of it. I'm just here for the followers. <laughs> That's what I want to That's do. all it is, yes. So, yeah, and, and uh, I might play... I've played them before, but a couple of uh, uh, mistakes that have not passed the Clips of the Week criteria. No. Uh, but still... Make us laugh. That's very, very laugh. difficult door, isn't it? It's like a big bouncer on the door yeah, of clips of the week. But it's about self-aware. If you if you make the mistake, if you realise you've made the mistake, yeah. Paul and Andy don't see that as a pure clip. Or if you've done it on purpose. Yeah, exactly. Which some people do. I mean, some people terrible. do these jokes on purpose. Some people try and... Some people <laughs> litter a show with one-liners, um, hoping I to catch know. people out. Could I say a very good afternoon to Dean Kiley, the goalkeeper coach for... Crystal Palace. You absolutely can. Thank you very much. He came to my show last night. I didn't know he was there. Right, But okay. he just messaged me on Twitter afterwards that he enjoyed the show. Okay. Thank you very much, Dean. I wish you luck on Saturday in the in the uh, Brighton Derby, the Gatwick Derby, mm. can I call it. Can I say a very good afternoon to Tim Flowers? Go for it. Good afternoon, Tim Flowers. Ex- no reason I didn't see him last night. No just... longer manager of Solihull Moors, no, no. of course, at Damson Park. Yeah, whatever you're up to, Tim. Good afternoon. Any mm. other keepers you want to... Um, I like the keeper, uh, um, Bobby Olesnik. Okay. 
I think he's now at Mansfield. Oh, right, OK. So good say afternoon, good afternoon to, him. to him. Ben almost <laughs> say good afternoon to a keeper. Do let us know at 1089, 8-1089. So it says good afternoon to John Vaughan. Uh, uh, used to play, played for Cambridge in the glory years. Quite short, didn't have any front teeth. Oh, did he? Great goalkeeper he was. Lovely. Super John Vaughan. Um, I took, took, took some notes on the football from last night. Okay, lovely. Um, uh, look, Arsenal, I've I think, watched highlights, Max, because okay, I was working. That's, I'm, yeah, I that's fine. Um, Arsenal, got, I think Arsenal were a bit unlucky because I think Barr should have been sent off in the 20th minute. Okay. Yeah, he was, um, and, you know, it was a professional foul and it was outside the area. I think that should have been a red card. Um, the marking for the first goal I've said is is absolutely crazy. Yeah, the uh, the Yang miss. Ooh. I can't. I, I was watching it and I couldn't believe the net didn't bold. I was staring at it, thinking, I think that's gone through the goal. He can't have missed that. As we said in the meeting, I reckon seven out of ten times, if it was like quantum leap, and I was just put into the body of Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Yeah, I reckon seven out of ten, I'd have scored that. Would you? I really do, and I'm not. I don't. So not you're inside finisher. Pierre. And Mark, and yeah, I'm saying, oh boy, there it is. You're There's a 70% shot. Ziggy comes think, up you and think says... Put in. It was the right ball to the right player, wasn't it? And you expect it to go in, yeah. bang, in the back of there. And the thing was, is... Perhaps it was rising a bit. Perhaps maybe, that's what put him off maybe. a bit. And it's a pressure situation, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and maybe. And, I mean, the thing is as well is he had got them back into the game with that absolutely amazing finish. Mm. Right? Bamyang is clearly not the problem, Arsenal. They, they do, do everything to keep him, but I will talk to Darren Lewis in a so bit. So it's, ne- it's never over till it's over. It's, that's like, it's almost like England beating New Zealand in the Rugby yeah. World Cup. They thought they'd done it. They mm. thought they'd won it. And maybe, maybe Pierre thought, you know what? I've done this. I've won the game. And then they got back and, ah, oh, disaster. Yeah. Um, look, Wolves are through, aren't they? I, I'm a huge fan of Adama Traore's social media posts. Okay, yeah. Do you know how footballers always go, hashtag, we go again. We go Great again. fight. The yeah. lads were magnificent. We did it all for the fans. He just said, we are now into the Europa League last 16. Lovely. <laughs> it's factual. It's, it's like what it says on the tin. Like a tweet from the 50s. <laughs> it's really isn't good, it? isn't it? Just 50s there. Twitter. I'm here for Adama Traore just giving us facts. I played for 72 minutes yesterday. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, and United played well, didn't they? I mean, before the sending off, it was a pretty even game, actually. Both yeah. sides had lots of chances. But the handball by Delhi. What, what's he do? Like, it's like spider keepers. It's like when you played when you were six and you were just... Spider keepers, anyone can save it. Like Minule oh, is yeah. doing exactly... Minule, who's been having a good game, it wasn't like lack of faith in Minule, or, or, or it shouldn't have been, because he's in, behind him doing exactly the same yeah. movement. Uh, but obviously Delhi's in front of him, but shouldn't have handled it. I but, don't know why the referee looked at the monitor for five minutes. But and, but no one ever knows why they handball it, do they? Yeah. It, just, it just pops up. It's just something. The hand just pops up, doesn't it? Do you think Arsenal... Be, will they be that bothered, Max? Is it the sort of t- is it are they uh, if Arsenal are really really trying to win the Europa League yeah are Arsenal the old Arsenal that we know and love shouldn't they be aiming higher than that you know isn't it sort of okay well we're out of that so well, well we can concentrate on coming forth now uh, well you can only um, you know you can only play in the competition you're in I think I we'll talk to Darren Lewis in a minute yeah, I, sure. I see your point I saw Nick Ames from the Guardian tweeting this is a disaster and I was thinking. <laughs> It is, you know, it's good to win. I suppose the point being, they could have won the tournament, that gets you into the Champions League, that's it. I also want to mention, I don't think we're covering it in the show, but have you seen the, the Chinese swimmer, Sun, no. Yang, Sun Yang, who is, you know, an absolute superstar in China, mm-hmm. um, being given a maximum eight-year ban eight by Cass, not Tony Cascarino, by the Court oh, of Arbitration oh, yeah. for Sport. After one of his entourage... Tony Cascarino <laughs> gave a 12-year ban. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. He's a bit harsher. Um, 
An eight-year ban after one of his entourage smashed his blood vial with a hammer during an attempted drugs test. Oh, God. I mean, that's quite a hard one to argue. <laughs> Who left it on the, work, the Black & Decker workbench? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just doing some DIY and I smashed the vial of blood you needed. Madness. Yeah, when people run away from it, it does look like super guilty, doesn't it? <laughs> I smashed it. I smashed it. Wait, dude, he's just there, you know, it's like hungry hippos. All the vials are there, and he's just going, let's get them all quickly before they can take them. Um, so a few hellos to some goalkeepers have oh, just yeah, come okay. in early. Sorry, Max, I know we were going to keep on. Hello to Joe Murphy, the Scunthorpe legend. That's yes. Trevor from Brig. Yeah. And can I say hello to Steve Cherry, Notts County goalkeeper in the early 90s. That's Liam in Oxford. So, lovely. Uh, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Dan hello. says, big hello to UC Yaskaline, and your son is playing great for crew. This is nice. <laughs> It's nice, isn't it? Um, Saying hello to goalkeepers is <laughs> an unexpected feature today. <laughs> okay, so we'll carry that on. Uh, misses that still haunt you. Okay, this is from Kev. He says, uh, Kev underscore AFC, putting a losing penalty so far over the bar for Solihull Moors oh. in a shootout against Tipton Town. Oh. It cleared the stand and set a car alarm off. Oh. You can imagine it, the agony and embarrassment. Won't get. What just, the hell is going on at <laughs> Solihull Moors? It goes over the bar and then, like, then you just hear, bang. There's a very good thing with Josh Widdicombe about Plymouth Argyle on on, uh, on Twitter at the moment, and he talks to uh, some of the old fans there, and they used to have a zoo behind one of the right. behind one of the stands, That's and there's brilliant. a story of a penalty going over, and you it going over, it going silent, and you suddenly hearing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is marvellous. Uh, Steve says, hi, Max. Can I say a big hello to goalkeeper Neville Southall, a goalie great, my hero, uh, who I got to meet and got him to sign my Bob Wilson autobiography. <laughs> why would you take <laughs> someone you, else's autobiography? Why would you take your Bob Wilson autobiography? Top bit of trolling, Southall, isn't it? Top it? bit of trolling. Isn't that right? That's hi, Neville. <laughs> can you sign my Gary Bailey book? <laughs> <laughs> it's like people should ring up you should ring up Drive and just say I love breakfast yeah. that's what you should yeah. do um, hello okay. to Maddie Hinch the Olympic gold uh, hockey goalie the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport uh, good afternoon you are listening to Hawksby and Jacobs on Talk Sport uh, Max Rush and Charlie Baker with you until four um, on the subject of misses that haunt you oh, oh, Swiss yeah. Tony Gillam up in Newcastle says... Uh, oh, this is a lovely the, one. This we played lovely. in the Northumberland Saturday League. Had a joy <laughs> playing twice a year against Acklington Prison. During oh, a lovely. game I was played through. I took a shot, which did bobble, he says in capitals. And it flew straight over the 60-foot prison fence that surrounded <laughs> the pitch. There was an immediate shout from each of the 200 inmates that flanked the pitch of, I'll get it! Uh, the miss gets brought up on a nearly nearly weekly basis. Oh, uh, yeah, God. keep those coming, please. Uh, very pleased to say, joining us in the studio now, uh, Max Chilton. Uh, Indy car race, uh, racer, formerly in an F1 as well. Max, how are you doing? Very good, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, no, total pleasure. I was, well, we were learning about Indy car uh, in, in the break just then. The in season. the two minutes we met you, we met more than we learned more than we'd ever known in our lives. Up, so good. That's what we want. Nice to, to have you here. Um, uh, so, how how is when is the season? You know, what have you? When do you go back? So I'm having out there on uh, Monday for the last uh, official test of the year, and then uh, the first race uh, of the season is uh, the following weekend in St. Petersburg in Florida. 
Um, we have a quite a unique um, calendar. F1's obviously stretched out of 21 races or whatever the number they have now. Um, ours is 16, but very tightly compact. Basically, they try and fit it in the NFL off-season. Right, okay. Because okay. NFL's so big in America. If, if they've got an NFL game, no one's going to be watching us. Um, so we try and cram as many as we can in. And our biggest race of the year is the Indianapolis 500. So it's all a build-up to that, that one race. Um, which Fernando Alonso is coming back this year to do. So he's uh, he's desperately trying to get the triple crown. No one's done it in our generation. Um, and he's probably the best man to have a go at it. But this is the hardest one to get because yeah. there's 33 cars. Nice bloke. He's always been a pleasure to me. He's very um, he's very honest and open. And he's uh, yeah he's always a pleasure to chat to. You can always have a good conversation with him. Is there that kind of, you know, obviously rivals, but you're doing this very specific thing that not many people know about. Do you, is there a sort of dressing room, like a locker room, uh, you know, mentality. Is it like being fun? a jockey almost? Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. We're never in a, not in a, you know, changing room, for example. But it's coming from Formula One to IndyCar. It's, it's been a pleasure because in F1, it's it's very cutthroat. Yeah. Um, obviously, you have to try and act like your teammates, your best friend. But realistically, they're the one you've got to beat because in Formula One, everyone's got a different car, or the different teams have different cars. So it's hard to compare yourself to another driver in a different car. So you've really got to beat one man, and that's your teammate. With an IndyCar, you work with your teammates to make the team as good as possible. Okay. And half the time, we're in the middle of the Midwest, and we've got nowhere to go at night. So we've got our motorhomes, and all the friends and the families, the wives, we all chill out having barbecues together. You know, It's just really social, and every driver generally are friends, which is a, a bit of a change from Formula 1. But the cars, so the cars, presumably different teams have... It, it, it's similar to Formula 1, and the cars are different as well, right? Or the, no. everyone's got the same... Everyone is driving the same thing, because that's yeah. often a criticism of Formula 1, is how can you tell mm. who's good, because... Yeah, 100%. You know, you're, so in, you're in a Mercedes, and I'm in a micro machine, you know? Yeah, it's so machine. IndyCar is a one-make um, category, so yeah. everyone's got a Dallara, which is an Italian... Uh, chassis. The only difference is, is there's a Chevrolet engine or a Honda engine. Again, there's maybe one or two tenths a lap difference, and sometimes it favours one manufacturer over the other, which makes it very uh, hard to predict who's going to win. You wouldn't, you wouldn't bet an IndyCar who's going to win. Yeah. Obviously, in Formula One, you'd take a good punt that. Lewis and it's laps, isn't it? It's 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 a loop, isn't it? It's, well, it's... we have um, road races, street races, and ovals. Um, Fantastic. And the Indianapolis is obviously an oval. That's a that's a 500 mile race yeah. um, that's 200 laps of a two and a half mile oval so that's like going from London to Land's End and back in just over two hours so that's the speed we're going and because obviously talk sports a big, big football um, the best way of uh, putting that is we do the length of a football pitch in one second that's how fast we're going so wow. it's pretty intense it's quite like me yeah. um, now wait, I had a Formula 1 driver and I forget who it was I was doing this show with Andy Jacobs who you met and I asked the driver do you ever mid-race zone out and start thinking about your shopping or your love life or something. And Andy looked at me like I'd asked the stupidest question. And then somebody sent me a genuine Alan Partridge script, and he has asked and that question. It's that bad. <laughs> but I, I would I repeat the question. Yes. Mid-race, the you know, just... Yes. Do you wish there was a services halfway around? Perhaps they could build that into it. I think some drivers services. needed services. James Hinchcliffe last year openly admitted on air that he uh, he had to pee himself because the yeah. race went on for so long. So I didn't mean for that. Perhaps they could build it into the race that you have to stop. They stop. give you a, they give you a shopping list of what you've got to buy from the <laughs> shop. Uh, on the way halfway around, you've got to get a Ginsters pasty, uh, a Lucasade, and some minstrels, and you have to go in and get that, and then get back in the car, and it could make it interesting. It would Can make it interesting. That forward, or I know the early years in Formula E, the batches didn't last the full length of the race, oh, so they had to nice. come in and change from one car to the other, so yeah. it made it a little bit more exciting. Yeah. So what is your? What do you think about then? Well, I mean, like what Formula E? Yeah. When no, when yeah, when you're when you are zoning out, what 
when you're driving. Oh, I see. Yeah, when you're driving. Back yeah. to the Alan Partridge. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> zoning out. It has happened. 100% I do it. You know, every time I'm in the car, you occasionally zone out. Like you guys, you present this and you're so used to presenting it. Yeah. You're probably asking questions whilst thinking about what you've got to do to get before you get home. Mm, so yeah. it's sort of like any professional career. You're you're so used to what you're doing. Sometimes it's sort of just muscle memory. When And when did you find you had the correct twitch muscles and correct reactions to be able to drive very, very fast. I don't know if I still found that out yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you cart as a kid? Were you, were yes. you, were you as a, that's normally how young people start. Yeah, I'd it? say 95% of people in Formula 1 started in go-kart. So I started when I was eight, which actually is weirdly quite old. Yeah. Um, a lot of people started when they're three or four in things called Bambino karts. You can't officially race at that age, but there are people out practicing at that age. Lewis is out practicing at that age. Um, so yeah, I've done it for over 20 years of my life. So I'm, it's, it just feels like second nature. Um, but it's very quickly hits you sometimes when you're daydreaming how quickly it's gone wrong. Because <clears throat> when we're doing speeds of 240 miles an hour, if you're not, you know, in the zone looking a mile ahead and you're thinking about something else, it very quickly can uh, make you realise how quick you're going. Can you describe what it's like to go that fast? Like the the kind of, especially when you are so close to another car, you're trying to overtake because it's, it's, a, it's a, very few of us have done it. Yeah. Um, so when we're doing 240 miles an hour, there's this huge thing called slipstream where the car in front of you is punching a hole through the air. So you very quickly suck up behind them. Um, you're flat out, they're flat out, but you're going a lot quicker than them. Like cycling, um, they do that as well. They? Yeah, cycling, they'll, they'll sit in thing. behind you. But we're, to get to speeds of 240 miles an hour, we basically have to take all the downforce off our car, but we also have to get through a corner. So it gets very mm. twitchy through mm. the corner. So if you're too close in the corner, you're going to spin out. Right. So there's this, it's all about timing. Dario Franchitti, who's won the Indy 500 um, three times, he, he taught me you've basically got to back off halfway along the straight. And then when you get to the entrance to the corner, that's when you want to go full throttle. So you build your speed up through the corner and hopefully as you enter the straight, you're in the area where you've got enough speed to overtake them just before the next corner. But that timing takes years of practice to get perfect. You know, they say footballers and cricketers, it slows down for them. The great players look like they've got more time, more and more time. Does it happen like that when you see an overtaking opportunity? Do you think, oh, are you seeing that three, a few moves ahead? Or yeah. does it slow down, time slow down for you? Especially at Indianapolis, we do two and a half miles in, in 40 seconds. Right, you're, yeah. you're planning sometimes an overtake for for um you know three laps ahead of yourself yeah. so that's sort of seven and a half miles away you're planning your overtake because it takes so long to get in the sweet yeah. spot of of dragging up to them because if you get too close to them in the corner you're going to lose your front end and you're going to drift up towards the wall and so the sweet. wall's pretty scary at that speed so. and the and the fitness you need because when you see drivers get out i mean they're just drenched aren't they drenched yeah. i mean after a race are you completely finished yeah, it's um, that's the thing. A lot of people think, well, you're just sat in a chair. How, how You're not doing a huge amount of movement. How's it that hard? Well, the hardest race I've probably ever had to do was the Singapore Grand Prix in Formula 1 because it, it's a hot place, Singapore, but at night, humidity goes up. Street races, there's very little airflow. Um, it also, because it was a street race, your average speed is slower, so it takes a long time to do the race. It took two hours. Um, I wore a heart rate, bait, heart rate belt, and it never dropped 180 beats for two hours. And I, I, I lost three, three and a half kilos in sweat. And that was with drinking a litre of my camel pack during the race. So it's highly, highly physical. Your, your heart rate goes up probably 20, 30 beats with concentration. Then you're hitting the brake pedal like you're doing a one leg squat 20 times a lap mm, for a whole race yeah. distance. It really quickly catches up. And then you've got the heat of having loads of layers of fireproof overalls. Um, yesterday we had an author on, a uh, journalist, uh, Nick Eason, who's written, Kevin Eason, sorry, he'd written the, the, the forward, the introduction and the postscript to the Nicky Lauder autobiography. And as he talks about Nicky Lauder's accident, I just wonder how much 
fear you have or how much um, awareness of just how dangerous it is. Yeah, it's definitely dangerous. Motorsport's dangerous or going highly fast. I personally don't think it's any worse than playing rugby or riding a horse. Yeah. Um, at least we've got a really p- strong protective shell yeah. around us. Um, but yeah, you've got to, once you put the helmet on, you've got to sort of ignore that fact. Um, unless you're going for a really stupid m- manoeuvre at 240 miles an hour, which could go wrong, that's when you've got to sort of think about it. But it, um, and you've got to trust the other drivers as well, right? A lot of it is trust on other drivers, and there's certain ones you're very wary of compared to others. Um, there's others where they know you're there and they just pinch you in, and it's going to end in disaster for both of you. So I don't really know why they do it, but it's mm. sort of that Senate attitude. If you know, if there's a gap, you've got to go for it. And you must have had, you must have spun off the track. You must have had crashes of sorts. Yeah, Touchwood. I've, you know, I've had some big ones, but not horrendous. Yeah. So, and when um, they ha- when they are happening, what what on earth is that like? Uh, it's not nice. I've got this natural ability. Once you're fully out of control and you, there's no stopping it, I just grab both my seatbelts, shut my eyes and, and, you know, hope for the best. Some drivers hold the wheel, which I think you've got a big chance of snapping your wrist when it en- ends up hitting something hard. Yeah. Keeping your eyes open, it's like watching, you know, a train come towards you. Well, why would you do it? You just su- shut your eyes and, you know, hope for the best. So. Yeah. Um, uh, now, in the break, you said you, there was a football question. You yeah, there is to... a football yes. question. So is this trivia of... for us? Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's sort of blaming you, basically. Oh, no, right. A good okay. friend of mine... Um, I like this sort of question. <laughs> Go on, Max. A good friend of mine, Harrison Dunk, who plays for Cambridge yeah. FC, yeah. he's yeah. been there for nine years and he's saying that he's never seen you down at the Abbey. Oh, he wants yes. to know when you're going to turn up. I love this, this Max. I love this, Max. good player. He's got a good left foot, Harrison. Yeah, you've seen it on the telly, um, have you? I just see the clips on the Sky app. No, look, he's, he is right. Um, I'm a bit of a Plastic Use fan Ooh, because... As, called as, out. As he, is, as he will know, Charlie Shush, as he will know, I'm still playing at a very high level myself. <laughs> Polytechnic fours in the Southern Amateur League Intermediate Division 4. We've got a yeah. double header away at City of London tomorrow. Okay. This if is the equivalent in your world, Max, of <laughs> d- going and playing doing in the Dodgems at the fairground. <laughs> <laughs> but it still means something to me. He's right. April the 13th, I'm there for the Port Vale game. Okay. Probably on a freebie, is it? Bank freebie. holiday Monday. Freebie. Um, I'm doing some filming, yes, Charlie. <laughs> Uh, but but uh, you know he's I've got I've got the history in the bank okay. before he when he yeah. was a young lad. I know Harrison's listening, so you know there Harrison he'll be there on the Perhaps 13th. Perhaps we can get him on. Uh, listen, doing well now. Four wins. Well, we had four wins in a row. Then we drew at Plymouth. So uh, thank him for doing well. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Good afternoon, you're listening to Hawksby and Jacobs on TalkSport. Max Rushton and Charlie Baker with you until four. Brought to you with Green King for the biggest screens and atmosphere you can't get at home. Green King is your home of pub sport. Uh, in the next hour of the show, Todd Macklin's uh, US Sport Roundup. Uh, we've got a clip to the week special and we talked to Nigel Botherway about uh, the tiny fish that John Terry caught. Uh, find out if that's a good <laughs> thing to catch or not. I mean, it seems that it might be harder to get a smaller fish. We will find out. Do you want, right. do you want the Agrizovitz news now? Oh, or yes, yes, yes. Before, the, now, before so. the break, we exclusively said we'd reveal the age at which Steve Grigovic retired from football. And we are. So, in 1977 he started his career at Chesterfield Yes, mm. and he played at Liverpool and then Shrewsbury Town and then Coventry City where he played 507 games, mm-hmm. one goal. Yes. Exciting, isn't it? 43. He was 43 when he retired. This is my favourite Steve Grigovic uh, um, thing uh, uh, fact uh, fact that's what I'll go for <laughs> thing Martin. I was going to go for here, but there we for fact uh, it was in 2003 Agrizovic was the subject of a hoax that said he had been kidnapped in Kazakhstan right. <laughs> <laughs> and an online petition was set up in, in campaign to get him released this was proved to be false when the Coventry Evening Telegraph interviewed him at Coventry City's training ground <laughs> at Wrighton on Dunsmore so Hoax, the Steve Grizzovich yes. hoax. Was it Martin Kellner joins us? He does. Yes, indeed. And to give us a, more Steve Grizzovich yeah. news. It would be a great uh, TV show if they make it and yeah. you could review it. Uh, Martin, lovely to see you. And you too. Um, what have you been watching? Well, I watched um, both uh, episodes of Harry Redknapp's Sandback Summer. Oh, I haven't seen now, it yet. Now, it would be very easy to sneer at this. <laughs> and normally, I'm the man who takes the, easy, <laughs> takes the easy route. So normally, of course, I would be sneering. But he's so likeable, yeah. Harry Redknapp. And Sandra... Sandra and all that and it's you know you just cannot dislike Harry Renner no. however Sandbanks right it's 15 houses apparently mm-hmm. or as he says 15 houses 15 yeah. houses on that little bit of uh, bit of sand there cost a fortune obviously and it's like a monument to bad taste it's a monument not just a bad taste but appalling taste <laughs> yeah. uh, and they, they go around um, a shipyard and right. they're building um, so what's the premise of the show there just, is no premise right, of the okay. show Harry in Sandbanks yeah basically the premise of the show is Harry won the uh, jungle show and yeah. He came over as a very likable personality. People liked him. Somebody's done some, you know, what they do, surveys. The guys, do the viewers like Harry Redknapp? Yeah, yeah they like Harry Redknapp. What can we do with Harry Redknapp? <laughs> so they pitched the, a load so, of shows and it's just him where he lives. Yes, Brilliant. it's, it's Brilliant. exactly that. It's Harry Redknapp where he lives with Sandra. Make us a cup of tea, Sandra. Yeah, no problem. So he makes a cup of tea. Uh, yeah, and obviously, I mean, it's a great story because he, he, they show you little sli- uh, little uh, stills of him when he was growing up in Stepney Green and all that. And there's one one goal that he scored for West Ham that they show you. They always show you that clip. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, it's, so it's, it's fun, basically. But what, what annoys me about it is they keep playing like five seconds of a well-known pop song. You know, different ones. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think of one of the ones, they, but they're, they're all hits. It's, it's like Virgin Radio, except they only play about five seconds. <laughs> okay. 
and so they're all like stunk. Holmes under the hammer. Yeah, a bit like do you know whether it just comes in a little bit yeah. of a song, and that's that's a little bit frustrating. But anyway, the first one, um, it was, and if Harry's n- not likable enough for you, what about Harry plus Joe Pasquale plus Razor Rudder? Oh, <laughs> There's a show, lovely. isn't it? Eh? And that's just a day he happened to be having that <laughs> yeah. day. Correct coincidence. So he invites people down to his lovely home in Sandbanks and they go around and do stuff. Right. Basically. They went to Corfe Castle in one of them. I think it was that one. I uh, know they went to the Bournemouth Air Festival. That's nice. Um, yeah. And um, Razor Rudder's got a big black car with his name on the side of it. <laughs> I didn't know they still did that. When I started in, in commercial radio back in the 1930s, yes. we, you know, you'd always get the star DJ on yeah, the station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember, I, I won't give his name out, he's no longer with us, but it was sort of like Charlie Spriggs drives a Skoda from Apple Yard. <laughs> of Sheffield was on the side of his car on both sides of his car and he got banned from driving within about three days of picking up his free car (laughs) from um, Apple Yards of Sheffield or whatever it was and uh, I always thought it'd be nice if they they put the you know little signage on the side of the car. Um, Charlie Spriggs got banned in a car. From, you know, so it's got a bit of poke. This car yeah. you can get banned in it. So uh, it's basically the, the, it's a combination of the the Harry Redknapp thing mm-hmm. and the lives of the super rich because they go around this shipyard and they're building a twenty million pound yacht for Eddie Jordan and it comes with its own nightclub. Why would you want a nightclub <laughs> on a yacht? I mean, but it's just people who have too much money. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like you two, actually. People who've got too much money, what are they going to spend it on? So when they, do, you think, do you think Eddie Jordan's sitting there behind the decks going, another quiet night, no one's in. You're in the middle of the ocean, Eddie. That's, I can queue. Ridiculous. That's tremendous, Ridiculous. isn't it? Uh, you're right. But Harry is, anyone who's met him, he is infectious. Right? He's, he's, Precisely. He's a lovely bloke. He's good telly. entertainment. And in the second one, if he's not likable, enough um, his two mates who come down and join him so that's the premise every week were John Barnes and Chris Kamara okay great um, yeah two more likeable chaps and uh, like I say they don't do very much they sort of walk around and uh, look at stuff and uh, and laugh you know there's Chris Kamara laughs all the time yeah. everything so it's it's all about and what that. is it they're talking oh that's one of the, the other episodes is it Barnes and Kamara yeah, Barnes yeah, and Kamara yeah, one yeah, of the episodes yeah. they take uh, Razor when Razor's in the first one and this is the thing about reality TV Razor Ruddock, I've seen him on all those shows yeah. where they try and get fit. Yeah. You know, so they yes. get Razor Ruddock and he goes on a diet and he's on the exercise bike. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah. It's full English. W- Harry's Full English, it was called. Was it? When he, he joined Harry's the football. He joined Harry's, 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 Harry's Heroes, Heroes but yeah. they called it Harry's Full English yeah. when it, it was about all those football players uh, losing loads of weight. Right. It's not worked. Oh, not for Razor. Oh dear. Not for Razor. We have um, we have a shot of Razor where he's in the water there, just off Sandbanks. Oh yeah, with a full uh, builder's cleavage. Ah, lovely, lovely. Yeah, it's a lovely. Is Harry shot. trying lovely. to get him fit? Or, or no, 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 that's right. a, that would be too much of a high concept. <laughs> uh, production. Harry, isn't it? <laughs> Harry shouts at him. He says, "Oh blimey, Razor! It's not South End." Uh, and that's about it. And they show him round uh, a flat. There's a flat for sale there for five million. Oh okay, yeah, father. If you're interested, five million this flat for a flat. Uh, it's a flat, right, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's very swish, obviously. Okay. And and they but show if it's swish, around. then it, you know, well, I can see it. Okay, swish. It's and it's sandbanks. Oh, it's sandbanks. Are, and the amazing thing about sandbanks is you've got these super houses. Uh, Jeff Bezos doesn't own any of them. 
which is probably you know, the only bit of sort of prime real estate that Jeff Bezos doesn't no, own. No Babacom, though, is it? It's no Babacom. Well, you may very well say that. <laughs> what else has been on the agenda? What else has been on the agenda? I'll tell you what I thought was quite interesting. Um, was That was Council TV, obviously ITV. Mm-hmm. I've also been watching uh, Amazon Prime, uh, two documentaries on there, um, both about Liverpool. But I thought mm. it was quite, as Liverpool now are... Let's be honest, you know, they're heading for the title after they had that lucky win against West Ham on uh, well, Monday. But, um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, they're heading for the title. Where's it? You know, the history of Liverpool is very interesting. And there was a programme called Making Shankly, which I would... Um, I've seen it before, but it's on Amazon Prime now. And it's a documentary about Bill Shankly. I was thinking, you know, we always think of Bill Shankly as very old school. But he was... Uh, the, the guy who uh, Stephen Doney's called, who's the director of the LFC Museum... Uh, says that he was a moderniser and he's the father to everything that happens now at Liverpool. And he's sort of, because when he went there, uh, it was in Liverpool were languishing in Division Two as it was in those days. Right. And um, the training facilities were rubbish. It, it was a bit like West Ham in that respect. But the, the training <laughs> facilities weren't that great and everything. And uh, he came in and called, called it a toilet. Bill Shanks said, it's a toilet. Oh. We've got to get this place cleaned up and everything and got to put systems in place. And he was a tracksuit manager, which was so unusual. If you ever see shots of, you know, Herbert Chapman and those guys, mm. they're guys in suits. They're, they're not in tracksuits. He suits. was the first one to actually get the out first, there on the Yeah, line. precisely. And, uh, you know, they just bring it all stemmed from Bill Bill Shankly. Uh, and it, it goes back to the pit town that he was born up in, in uh, born and brought up in. And uh, it's, it's an interesting documentary. I would recommend it to any Liverpool fans because it would sort of... It's sort of where it st- Liverpool started as a special club. Right. And you know, the DNA began The there. DNA right. absolutely yeah. began there. Um, the other thing I watched was uh, Make Us Dream, a documentary about Steven Gerrard. Oh, and yeah. I, yeah, it's, that's a good documentary. It's a good one, yeah, on Amazon, yeah. Because there are a lot of rubbish documentaries on Amazon. Mm. A lot of them that, because they've got so much um, association, you know, like the Manchester City one, where the team itself is, is basically a PR sure. stunt. Yeah, know. I found that with the Leeds... The Leeds one, I, I yeah. had to review it for the paper. Take us and, home. And I only saw the first two episodes, but you spent more time with Calvin Phillips' granny than with Marcella Bielsa, and you really wanted to see yeah. Bielsa. You know, it was all yeah. about the Bielsa, and you never get in the dressing room. And obviously, you can understand why you don't get in the dressing room, but that's you want warts and all with those yeah, things. you do. I mean, sometimes you, you can watch it if you're a supporter. You'll watch anything, basically. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but it's very few that... I mean, Sunderland Till I Die is the, is the well, best. Well, you want disaster, right? Don't you? Yeah, that's the best one to, uh, to watch, just from a neutral's point of view. Um, the other thing is, as uh, regular listeners will know, one of my main hobbies is uh, pedantry. Yes. Ah. Absolutely. It's, it's shocking. I'm a shocking pedant. <laughs> but I'd just like to point out to Jake Humphrey, I was watching the United match uh, last night when uh, Igalo scored for United... And he, uh, in the halftime uh, chat, sort of um, suggested that Lagos is the capital of Nigeria. Uh, it's not been the capital of Nigeria since 1991. Oh, come uh, on, Jake. Is, yeah, come Step on, up, Jake. Jake. Come on. Precisely. So I did want to point that what out. What is the capital of Nigeria now? Abuja. Abuja. Uh, Abuja. 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 Yes. Since 1991. Excellent. So come on, Jake. Sort it out, Jake. Yeah, well, um, he used to be a Blue Peter presenter. He should know. You should know all I didn't have to do... Uh, I, I had a success audition to be a Blue Peter presenter. Oh, did you? Oh. On the same day I was offered Soccer AM and I took Soccer AM. And oh. I didn't have to learn Capital Cities, but I did have to learn the history of Lego and, Danish, and, yeah. and how to fire a super soaker water pistol. 
So there you are. Wow, so yeah. in an alternative reality, it's like sliding doors. I'd be hosting the one show right now. It would be. Yeah. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Todd Macklin's around above the best stories from across the pond. Uh, Todd, how are you doing? Max, Charlie, I'm great. How are you guys doing? Yeah, really good. good. And I'm, I am very excited by the headline of story number one. The first story looks the best story I've seen in a while. <laughs> NFL player eats 72-ounce steak in under an hour. Pretty amazing. Yeah, Bradley Bozeman is, a, is an offensive lineman for the Baltimore Ravens. And he was going across the country on kind of a speaking ex, ex, uh, expedition. And um, so he ends up at a, at a restaurant, and they've got this steak challenge. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Great Outdoors with John Candy and Dan Aykroyd. There's mm. a there's a scene in there where he has to eat the the steak of the house, and uh, if you do it in under an hour, you you basically get a T-shirt and and uh, and everyone's in awe of you. Well, well, Bradley decided to do that in this restaurant, as you said, seventy-two ounce steak, a shrimp cocktail, a baked potato, and a salad. You get a drink. and a butter roll. Yeah. Yeah, and a butter roll. Thank yeah. you. Yes, because we know how much, right? Uh, you know those those rolls are but like. Don't, sugar. But don't fill up on bread early. Don't fill up on bread. <laughs> Absolutely, you got to pace yourself. So he decided to take the challenge. He did it in under an hour. I think it was fifty minutes, five zero minutes. He did all of this in. He said when he got to about two ounces left. So his his wife was filming all this. So when he got to about, they announced, "Yeah, you've got two ounces left." He told her to turn off the ca- the uh, the camera because he thought he was going to be sick. Um, mm. But he did actually plow through and, and did eat the whole thing. So so remember, this is a professional athlete. And so he got his meal free. It would have cost him $72 if he wasn't able to finish in under an hour. So basically he said he did this to save the $72 and he makes millions. But, uh, <laughs> you know, congratulations to Bradley. I, you know, I, I stick with my whatever eight to ten ounce mm. steak. Wait, it's about it's, I couldn't even think. Yeah, it's what it's two, just over two kilos. I think if you think that's four oh. packets of mints. Uh, do we know if it <laughs> yeah. was? Do we know? Do we know the cut of the steak? But you know, because a T-bone, there's a lot of bone there. But if it was just if it was two kilos of fillet, mm. that is a different matter altogether. It's pure meat, isn't it? It is, and I think that's what it was because he said when. He, he when they brought it out to him, it, it was just like a. He described it just like a huge slab of meat. So it's like a plate, yeah, a plate, isn't it? A plate, yeah. And they do what they do too is when someone takes the challenge, they put them on this elevated table <laughs> in the restaurant, <laughs> so everyone can kind of watch this. So it's not just that you have to finish it; it's everyone in the whole restaurant is watching to see if you finish it. Now, that kind of links in with the, the, yes, next, the next story, yeah. which is a, uh, about a college player you know, trying to get in the draft, putting on a whole lot of weight. Yeah, so his name is Bre- uh, Ben Barch. So, guys, he's playing what's called Division Three college football. It's the third rung of college football, not even at the top. Okay. And a few years ago, he had the dream of, of, of playing in the NFL, but he was too small. He's only about 255 pounds. And so he, he was a good blocker and, and some coaches said, well, you know what, you could, be, you could maybe make it in the NFL. You could make, you could have a chance to be drafted. You need to put on some weight. So he decided he needed to put on about 60 pounds over four stone. And so this is what he ate every day, guys, every day. So seven scrambled eggs, mm. a big tub of cottage cheese, quick grits, uh, which is a, a dish with made with cornmeal, peanut butter, 
a banana, and he washed it down with Gatorade. So, guys, he would put this all in a blender and, you know, one of these protein <laughs> drinks and drink it every single day. He said there were times that, you know, he was nauseous. And he was gagging while trying to put this down. Well, guys, he put on the weight, and he has gone from a Division three guy that no one had ever heard of to a guy now that we're talking about on Talk Sport yeah. on Friday, why would, you know, ahead of the draft. This why, is a guy being talked about that he has the possibility that he could be drafted in the NFL. So uh, why would you yeah, scramble? No pain, no why would you scramble the eggs before you put them in? I said like breaking a raw know. egg in a smoothie. Don't scramble <laughs> it first. It's well, recently. he said. He said, "Listen, he doesn't know a lot, uh, you know, about nutrition. About everything he well, learned, no, he no. learned <laughs> you, the you internet. Don't say. And so." He's taking everything literally, right? He's just thinking scrambled eggs, and then I'll put them in the blender, right? So he's also <laughs> said, listen, if I can get on an NFL team, they obviously have professionals that deal with nutrition, and, you know, he can get on a better program. But for now, you know, we'll keep his, uh, our fingers crossed. And again, you know, there's going to be some of your listeners that are going to watch the draft. The NFL draft is in April, so Ben Barch. Ben Barch. Remember that name. That sounds like what he did after he'd eaten <laughs> yeah. too many of those. <laughs> I was going to say. Right, now I've heard this. This hockey story is fascinating, isn't it? This is about this is about emergency goalkeepers. It's a, it's an interesting rule, isn't it? Uh, explain how it works. Explain what happened. So each ice hockey team has two goalies. That's what they have. They don't have a third goalie. So when they're playing a game, if one team, both of their goalies gets injured, there's what's called an emergency goalie. So the home team provides an emergency goalie in those situations. Now, guys, only two times in the history of the National Hockey League, over 100 years, have they ever needed the emergency goalie. But they needed it a third time this past Saturday in Toronto because the Carolina Hurricanes, both their goalies got injured in the game. So this emergency goalie, uh, who's from Toronto, guys, this guy actually is the practice goalie for the Toronto Maple Leafs who the Hurricanes are playing that night. So he comes in, lets it. So the Hurricanes are up four to one. He lets in goals on the first two shots he's faced. So then it's four, three for Carolina. Well, they actually hung on to win. They won it six, three. And this guy got the win against the team that he's their practice goalie for. So this guy has become an absolute celebrity uh, the last few days, this guy has done more interviews than I think he's ever done in his whole life. And it's crazy because this guy drives the Zamboni. If you've ever watched a hockey game, the Zamboni kind of clears the ice. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. You know, in the, in the intermissions between the periods. Like a water that. carrier getting on and playing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He's also 42 years old, <laughs> right? So this is a guy who's played hockey his whole life, but not at any other level that, you know, got his shot. Uh, and ended up winning the game. So it's an, it's a, it's an amazing story, but the league ha is probably going to change the rules in that the emergency goalie is probably going to be younger. They're probably going to put a cap that he's got to oh, be, you know, 30 years old or younger. And he's got to have some experience, I think, is the other thing. You know, whether it's college or, you know, some minor league experience, because this guy did not have any. This is an uh, Adam Sandler so movie waiting to happen. <laughs> you, you know what? That is absolutely correct. People are talking about you're the movie. So right. It has to become a movie. And you're right, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler is, is making this film as we speak. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. That was the pod. Um, I thought you were marvellous, Charlie. It's been a lovely week, Max. I'll see you tomorrow morning for the game day warm up. 
I'm finishing it how Marty finished the oh, yeah. section. <laughs> I'm just switching off. Just writing something down. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.